This is episode 355 of The Real Me and Colon, a movie podcast. On this week's episode, Chase is going to talk about Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Does it warrant all the controversy online? Will he like it, love it, hate it? What's going to happen? Who knows? All that more. The episode starts right now. What is going on and welcome to episode 355 of the Real Me and Cold Movie Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Chase Lee. And thank you for joining me on this uh, wonderful episode, uh, day or night or whenever you're listening to this. You guys are awesome. And so before I begin this episode, if you guys could spread this episode around and let people know this is your favorite movie podcast to listen to, that would be much appreciated. Hey, listen, maybe there's someone out there that uh, is not a fan of movies. Uh, I will never understand these people, but maybe they're not a fan of movies. Maybe they just have never found the right thing to listen to and get them excited about movies. And I think um, I think this is it. So uh, spread it around to your friends and family, and uh, let's um, yeah, let's uh, bring more awareness to the show. Uh, you guys uh, support me uh, throughout all this time, and uh, I, I very much appreciate that. So thank you very much from the bottom of my heart. This is episode 355. Like I said, up at the top, uh, I will be going over Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. I will break it up into two parts, a non-spoiler section and a spoiler section. Um, So if that is not something you want until you see the movie, totally understand. You can come back, save this episode, download it for later. Um, But if it doesn't bother you, uh, I'd stick around. Uh, Or if you want to listen to the non-spoiler section and then uh, pause uh, before I get to the spoilers and then uh, come back. Also, a viable option. So, uh, yeah. Uh, and, of course, I'll uh, talk about some of the things I've been catching up on in terms of TV. Um, but, yeah, I, I got to ask, as usual, how you guys doing? You guys doing pretty good? Um, for me, uh, you know, life is crazy. Uh, I'm definitely off a little bit in terms of, you know, my headspace, uh, my emotions. It has been a whirlwind, folks. And, um just know everything is fine, and I am still in the process of moving, and so I will uh, find a place shortly, and then once I set up shop, once I get back into the groove of things, you know, I, I hope to bring out more uh, more stuff, uh, but right now, my life is just crazy, you're going to have to bear with me, um, you know, it, it is what it is, it happens, uh, but I appreciate everyone's patience, uh, but other than that, you know, everything is just okay so far, um, but I, I I am getting better, uh, absolutely. So there's been a lot of, because I, I haven't done an episode in almost a month, and so there's a lot of TV that I've been catching up on. My Better Call Saul journey, I'm almost done with season four. Incredible stuff. Just as good as Breaking Bad, if not better. It's just, it's a wonderful show. I'm just so invested into these characters, into their lives, and the tension's always great. It's always shot well, edited well, and you're just always on the edge of your seat with every single episode. What a great companion piece to Breaking Bad. So I've been watching that. I've been watching the new season of Atlanta. Um, I know a lot of people are having an issue with like the anthology approach and having it like a different story sometimes than the other episodes and being completely different in a different place. That doesn't bother me. I, I, I'm kind of enjoying it. They're really just like richly told stories with great performances and great story and just uh, always having this underlying theme to them. Um, I'm enjoying it. Um, so Atlanta season three, killing it so far. This is us also continuing that journey. Uh, almost done with the, the final season. It's like, there's like four episodes left or something like that. 
I'm going to watch the new one today. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I, I'm excited to see how it ends. And I like that show. Uh, I haven't started Barry yet. Season three. I really love that show on HBO with Bill Hader. He's an assassin that also wants to be an actor. So he goes to acting class and he meets up with those people while also being entangled in his old past. Um, really fun show. I, I, I just need to start season three. Um, let's see what else. And then of course, the big thing that I've been watching week to week, well, not week to week because I watched the first four episodes and I had to wait five weeks until the newest episode, Moon Knight. Um, I just finished, literally at the time of this recording, I just finished the last episode about a half hour ago. It's a good show. And I think what's elevating it the most is Oscar Isaac's performance from all of his personalities. Um, he really digs into each of them, uh, making them very distinct from one another, having different flaws, different um, strengths. Like it's amazing to me how well fleshed they they are, given how great his performance is. I was just really invested in both of the characters, and of course, at the very end, uh, they reveal the third one. Um, uh, if you haven't seen it, I don't think that's really a spoiler. It's just, it, that was kind of it's been teased for weeks, but. Yeah, I, I, I really I really like the show. Um, I still think uh, after seeing this one, I still would go Loki, WandaVision, Moon Knight, Falcon and Winter Soldier, What If, and Hawkeye. Um, so I put it like in, in the middle because uh, WandaVision and Loki to me, I, I think are the, the, the best ones they've done so far unless I can be proven otherwise. Um, but now that Moonlight, Moon Knight's over, it was, it was a great run. Um, definitely the mix of Fight Club and Indiana Jones like they promised. A very fun, thrilling adventure. Um, finding artifacts and going in tombs and just uh, exploring. And then, of course, um, having the duality of... Um, uh, what, what is it? PID, uh, personality, or Dissociative Personality Disorder. Um, I think that's what it's, uh, it's called. I, I want to be like correct on it i don't want to um make anyone angry uh and that's the other thing i thought they did really well portraying that um as a mental illness they took very good care of it they didn't i didn't feel like they exploited it whatsoever it was quite beautiful and heartbreaking in a couple scenes and i i thought uh, i thought they handled it really well so but yes uh, so i finished moon knight and i'm very much looking forward to ms marvel that's the next one in june uh, the crazy thing about Moon Knight, besides one, a couple mentions of a couple locations that have been in previous shows or films, really has no tie to anything else. And I kind of like that. It stood on its own. It's doing its own thing. And that's what I've liked about Phase 4 so far is that there's no rules. There are absolutely no rules. They stuck to a formula and a storyline with the Infinity Saga. And now that that's done... I have no idea where they're going with anything. And so each project is fresh. It's new. I have no idea if it's going to even connect or not. Like, I'm liking it. It, it. it keeps it exciting. So after, what, 30 movies? And so, yeah. So uh, looking forward to Ms. Marvel and Moon Knight was good. Uh, and then, of course, we get, um, I think we get She-Hulk this year. And, of course, we have, like, Thor and Love and Thunder and Black Panther uh, Wakanda Forever. So, definitely exciting time to be a Marvel fan. 
Uh, and then, of course, next year, my most anticipated is Ant-Man in the Wasp Quantumania. That's going to be really nice. So, Because I think that will be our first introduction back into Kang. Uh, I, I like Jonathan Major, so I want to see him uh, do more. So, yeah. So, I, I think that's what I've been catching up on. Um, I don't think I've been watching anything else, unless I am mistaken. So I will leave it at that. But what have you guys been watching? You guys been watching anything cool? Um, you know, always tweet at me or send me something. Just keep me updated on that stuff. I want to know a little bit more about you guys and your watching patterns and like what you like and what you don't like. It's a really fun way to get to know someone. So, but um, yeah, that's what I've been catching up on. And of course, I saw uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness the other day. Uh, I also saw the Northmen. Um, lat, uh, a couple weeks ago, fantastic film. I, I don't really uh, have the time to record an entire episode, so I'll just do like a brief one here. It's a visceral, brutal, heart-wrenching revenge tale. Alexander Skarsgård, he fits the part, he looks the part, he acts the part. The revelations that he finds out between like him and his mom and the this idea of like, how myths and legends are altered to make it make people look good, even though they were probably bad people, and his whole like world and perception is just falling apart. Incredible stuff! Like that monologue with Nicole Kidman that everyone's talking about blew me away. One of my favorite scenes of the entire film, and like Anya Taylor Joy is just a, a bright and shining star in this entire story. Um, it, it looks really great. It was filmed in Iceland. I've been to Iceland. Um, and I can tell you right now, it's one of the most beautiful places I've ever seen. And knowing that they film a lot of stuff there makes total sense. Cause it, it's like a, it's like a utopia. It, it's just, it's really just clean. It's beautiful. And it feels like it's otherworldly. Um, and I love Robert Eggers, you know, direction on this. Like it's not just a typical revenge tale, but it's got a lot of heart. It's got a lot of emotional oomph to it. You really care about the characters. You care about their journey. And, um, Alexander Skarsgård, Alexander Skarsgård completing his journey, like, uh, Anya Taylor Joy don't not wanting him to go. It's just oh, it's so great. It's so great. Um, um, the sets look really great. It feels authentic. It feels like you're uh, in this universe with Vikings and you are transported throughout time. Really, just a force of nature that Robert uh, Eggers is the director. I love the witch, the lighthouse. I love it, even though it's not one I would recommend to people out of his bunch so far. And then the Northman also is just another one to add on top of his greatness. I, I just, I, I love the Northman. It's really great stuff. So that was one of the movies I caught up on. Um, and then, of course, Doctor Strange. But yeah, the reason why I just haven't been watching a lot of movies, there's just a lot going on in my life right now. I just don't have the time right now. Um, but I'm trying my best. And like I said, once I move and kind of establish myself and reinvent myself a little bit, I think I'll be a little bit more open to uh, doing more. Uh, and, and hopefully I don't feel as much burnout. I'll just say that. But yes, uh, that is what I've been uh, watching and catching up on. But <clears throat> you guys are here for the main attraction, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse Madness. So let's not waste any more time. When we come back from the break... I will be going over Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness in, <clears throat> excuse me, two parts, non-spoiler, and then I will give you guys a fair warning before I jump into the spoiler stuff, and then that will be it. So when we come back, we'll talk about the 
Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. So stay tuned. And welcome back, everyone. Let's not waste any more time. Let's talk about Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Of course, a sequel to Doctor Strange himself. You know, a sequel to the events of Endgame, as all of these projects have been thus far. You know, a sequel to WandaVision, a sequel to Spider-Man No Way Home, because they both deal with the multiverse. So many possibilities uh, that could go into this movie in terms of carrying the story forward. Uh, I was curious to... Uh, see where they were going to go because the marketing has been paper thin on this movie up until about a few days ago when they started releasing a crazy amount of um, like footage that we hadn't seen before and like possible cameos that are popping up and I I don't really like that. I, I was actually liking the marketing strategy that they've had for this movie thus far because it's kind of kept us in the dark through most of the movie after watching the movie, before I even get into it, I can tell you right now, most of the trailers are like the first third of the movie. There's a couple of them that kind of trick, a couple shots that like trickle into the back half of the movie, but a lot of it's in the front. And so I, I've, I've applauded the marketing doing a great job kind of hiding most things. Of course, like I said, as of late, the past few days, they've been really amping it up with cameo reveals or different shots. I'm like, you don't need that. People are going to go see it. Anyways, a little tangent right there, but I've liked the marketing uh, thus far because after watching like that that first Super Bowl spot um, and then going online and watching the longer version, I was super excited for it. I was excited to see where they could take this story because Doctor Strange is one of those few characters to where it can get crazy. It can get psychedelic. It can get multiversal. And we will accept it because that's what he, that's what that character is. He has the power to do that. And so I, I was just... I was curious to see where they were going to go with it. And of course, it's from uh, writer uh, Michael Waldron, who wrote uh, the Loki series. So, you know, um, and I, I love Loki uh, quite a bit as a TV show. And of course, uh, setting up uh, uh, the next big bad or one of the next big bads. So, yeah, I was excited. And of course, uh, director Sam Raimi, Evil Dead, Drag Me to Hell, uh, the Spider-Man films, Oz the Great and Powerful. The man has a, a diverse portfolio. Um to say it lightly. So, yeah, so I saw it. <clears throat> and before I begin, I will I will say this. I will do this review in two sections. I typically keep spoilers out of stuff, but I kind of have to bring up some of the uh, some of the things uh uh so the the way I'm going to talk about it is that I will uh do a non-spoiler kind of overall thing and like tell you what I like, what I didn't like about it. And then I'll give you guys a, a pause, a warning, and then I will jump straight into um, the spoiler. So I'll give you a fair warning, but it's kind of hard not to talk about it. So, you know, if you want to save this review for later or this podcast episode and, you know, come back to it, totally understand. What do I think about it overall? There's a reason why I recorded this review two days after I saw it. There was absolutely no way I could do like an initial reaction or review as soon as I saw it. I typically don't do that anyways. I usually wait minimum 24 hours before 
I collect my thoughts and kind of like figure out like what I liked and what I didn't. Because the initial excitement and buzz from Marvel films is understandable. You watch it, you're excited, you leave it and you're like, wow, that was, that was amazing, that was mind-blowing, let's talk about all the theories, but how was the movie? Like, the actual movie. You know, I saw Eternals three times. I saw Shang-Chi three times before I came to an actual conclusion on whether I liked it, loved it, thought it was okay, or whatever. And so, I'm definitely going to see this again. But after leaving the movie, I honestly didn't know what to think. And so, I had to sit on this for quite some time. My conclusion right now after the first viewing... I like it, but I can understand people's issues with it. Um, I'm going to address some of those issues. Um, I think some of them are warranted, some of them are not. But right now, I like it. It does stand out uh, amongst all the other films in this universe. And I'm a huge fan of this universe. But I will also point out ones that are mediocre or uh, ones that just don't really work for me. Um you know, even with the TV shows on Disney Plus, this universe is not perfect. It, it, it's just not. Um, I prefer uh, ones over the others, and that's perfectly fine. But I will say this one stands out quite a bit as being a uh, a, a horror film first, an MCU movie second, um, and I appreciate the creativity that was injected from director Sam Raimi, really bringing his influences in camera work, sound design, editing, um, writing, uh, uh, humor, gore, all that stuff from Evil Dead films and Drag Me to Hell, and taking his superhero knowledge that he learned from the Spider-Man trilogy, and he's infused all that together to bring us this. It's absolutely amazing to see. Because when the movie starts, like... Yeah, it it, it, uh, it opens up on a, a chase scene, and then we get like you know a monster fight like shortly after. And um, which, by the way, side point: this movie is uh, at a fantastic pace for two hours. The thing starts uh, super fast; it throws you right into the action, does not let up. And even with like some of the more character intimate moments, um, it still it still flies by. Like it's amazing to me how well paced this movie is. Could be a problem. I understand uh, some people have an issue with like script uh, and you know the amount of story and characters that they are trying to throw in there. Um, but I thought for the story that was told, the pace is incredible. Anyways, back to Sam Raimi. It takes a while for it to get going. But once Sam Raimi is unleashed, it is a sight to behold. It is horrific. It is gory as hell. The body count is huge. It's weird. It's kooky. It's totally got Sam Raimi's personality all over it. The whip in the cameras, the hard zoom ins, the uh, uh, just the the energy that is projected through the camera, the color correction, the the editing and the sound design and the music. It's one hundred percent Sam Raimi, and I love that. I absolutely do. It, it reminds me of when I saw Drag Me to Hell in the theaters. Because that, that was the... Yeah, that was the first Sam Raimi film I saw that wasn't Spider-Man in a theater. 
I thought, wow, this movie is so much fun. Like, he totally gets, like, horror comedy. Um, but he's also a really great director in advancing story and advancing characters. And he does that here, too. The visual aesthetic in this film is amazing. Um, it, it's got his fingerprints all over it. But he still understands, like, you need uh, great characters and great story. And there's so many great moments in this film uh, that deal with uh, Wanda, that deal with uh, Strange, that deal with Wong, that have all these kind of like deep layers to it in terms of like Wanda uh, being controlled and being tempted by something that isn't there and it really destroying her soul because she hasn't gotten over the grief of losing her one true love. You have Stephen Strange who's going through a similar thing where he is, he's a lonely person. He regrets not being with Christine and, and, you know, no matter what universe he's in, he's always going to love her. Even if in that universe, she doesn't know who he is. Like there, there's great moments like that. that are sprinkled throughout that give us pause, that give us reflection on these characters that we've seen and kind of grown up with. It was great. And, and that's his capability from the Spider-Man films. Like he was able to craft a really great Peter Parker story with, with MJ and, have their love story blossom while also having the looming threats of the villains like sprinkled throughout, but the villains were also three-dimensional and you cared about them uh, and you understood where they were coming. Like he, once again, Sam Raimi kind of like takes everything that he's done in his career to give us this and to have so much personality and influence in this film and being as horrifying as it is. There was a couple of jump scares that actually got me and I'm like, good job, Raimi. Good job. Now, keep this also in mind. Still a Disney film. There, there are certain constraints that they have to fit into so it could be technically a family film. But I will say this is one of the goriest and most violent ones um, in the MCU, period. And so I was actually shocked that they got away with so much stuff. Um, but once again, it fits into this kind of... Um, boogeyman kind of stalker horror film that they've kind of set up for themselves because Wanda is truly the the force that's cutting through the story and uh, Strange is trying to stop her and she is like a boogeyman just like walking around like scaring the crap out of people around corners and stuff and like I thought that worked I, I thought that was um, really well handled uh, establishing uh, that type of tone and really um uh you know, just giving us what we were uh, getting ready for. And so I, I appreciate that. So in terms of vision, Sam Raimi knocked it out of the park. Um, and, and in terms of um, uh, developing character and, and just, you know, a little bit more depth with Stephen Strange and Wanda Maximoff, good stuff. Let's talk about the story. I thought the story overall was was honestly fine. I, I thought that uh, what we were given, pretty straightforward, really nothing too crazy besides the Illuminati scene. <laughs> and, and of course, at the very end, uh, but we'll discuss all that in the, uh, uh, the spoiler section if uh, uh, I liked it or not, but... In terms of the actual like story and the flow and everything, um, it does feel a, a bit rushed. It feels like this was a three-hour cut 
and it was whittled down to two hours. Is the pace good? Absolutely. I think this two hours is going to fly by for anyone that wants to check it out. But I'm not going to lie, and I will say that I wish it was longer to kind of feel a little bit more worth it in the journey, because it feels like it is just jumping from place to place to place, and like we have our slower moments with like characters, uh, you know, talking to each other or, or reflecting uh, or whatever. But I also just feel like there was just so much missing. It felt like there were there were scenes that were cut out that maybe in the editing room they thought made sense, but like when you watch it as a whole, you're like, okay, I mean, I'm enjoying this, but it does feel like it, it's it's a bit rushed um, in the story. There's a lot of things that are just kind of brought up and brushed over, and I think it'll confuse people. And uh, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I, it's one of those things where when I, when I watch it again, I'll really just kind of examine um, scene to scene and really see like um, uh, what I feel like is missing. But when you watch it for a first time, like um, there, it feels like there's something missing. Um, and that could be an issue with uh, scenes being cut out or Michael Waldron not really tapping into the full multiverse potential or really um, putting Doctor Strange forward in his own movie. Because I will admit some of the complaints online uh, that this is Wanda's movie, it kind of feels like it. Um, you know, I'm not going to lie to you. Um, so, yeah, so I, I feel like there's most of the problems are mainly script issues and just really... And I'm not, I'm not saying this is easy. This is one of these stories that, you know, there's just so much. And I don't, I don't, I'm not envious of anyone that has to write this. I think Michael Waldron did a pretty decent job. Um, it, this is more, more Sam Raimi's uh, vision and excitement in the storytelling and the, the visual component that made me eventually like this movie. But I will say that things feel rushed. I think Stephen Strange does take a back seat uh, in his own movie. Um, and I feel like they could have made this movie longer to make make scenes matter most uh, or, you know, more, or, you know, make the journey feel worthwhile and not feel like it's rushed. It, like, there's so many different things that I, I, I think they probably left on the cutting room floor that honestly they should have just stuck in. Um uh, but yeah, we'll get we'll to like we'll get all to the the cameos and all that stuff here in a second because I know a lot of people are angry and excited. I, I don't know. Uh, some of the takes online have been interesting. I'll I'll just say that. But yeah, I think uh, for what Waldron had, I think he did fine. Um, and, and of course, like you know, the introduction of like America Chavez and stuff, you know, uh, and bringing on some other new characters while you know having the old characters um, do their thing. Once again, fine. The main issue I have with the script, not even just feeling rushed or feeling like things are missing, it's what Kevin Feige said. Let me take a sip of coffee before uh, I get into this. Uh, excuse me. Um, he said a long time ago, the Disney Plus shows are not required viewing. You can watch the movies from movie to movie and... That's that. The shows are, are 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 extra, you know, for the fans, like to get deeper understanding with these characters and expand the story a little bit more. And they still will play into the movies, but from Feige's mouth, he said that they are not required viewing. 
my biggest issue with this script is that WandaVision, that the show that came out a year and a half ago, plays more into this movie than I thought it would. And I sat there with someone at the screening who had never seen WandaVision. Now, he liked the movie as well, but I'm sure going through his mind, he was probably wondering, why does Wanda have kids? What is this? Why is she so obsessed with getting her kids back if she has no kids? Stephen Strange is clearly telling her, like, you have no kids, Wanda. What are you doing? And they just kind of carry forward. Now, is this movie a great epilogue to that show? Absolutely. But to the average person that doesn't watch these shows, they're going to be extremely confused. And they didn't do a good enough job setting up WandaVision stuff, tying it into a Doctor Strange sequel, and explain it in a way to where people could get it without watching the show. It was just more of like, yeah, she she had kids and like she's got kids in other universes and she's obsessed with them. She's just crazy. The Darkhold's got her. But when you see the show, you understand like why she's why she's got the Darkhold basically uh, you know, holding her hostage. You understand like why she she captured Westview Westview and held everyone hostage. Like the backstory in that show supports this movie well, but to an average person, I think they're going to be confused. So I don't think they did a good job like tying in WandaVision into this movie if people don't watch the shows. It just feels kind of random. So for me, I like it because like I said, it's a good epilogue to the show. But if I'm if I'm talking like a, a person that sees two movies a year, right? Doesn't watch any TV, just likes Marvel movies. Like I'm gonna go see that and you know that at the end of the year. It makes no freaking sense. Just be straight up with you. Um, it, it just seems kind of like, oh, she's just crazy. Like, she's just, oh my God, what is she doing? Um, so I think that would be my my one, the, my biggest complaint of the script is just incorporating all that stuff uh, into the movie. And like, I, I realize that's that was the plan all along. But once again, this is a Doctor Strange sequel first. It should be, uh, he should be the forefront character. Not Wanda Maximoff, but since she is, uh, her story doesn't make any sense if you've never seen that show. So there you go. Okay, so let's move on to performances and the actual characters in the film. Start with uh, uh, Stephen Strange, Benedict Cumberbatch. Great job. Um, I, I, I am enjoying watching his performance in the uh, these films. I think he really has that leadership presence. I like hearing his voice. He's got a great character. And I was wondering where they were going to go for this film. Um, I love the fact that they made him lonely and just lost and regretful that he was not there uh, in time for Christine to fall back in love with him again. Because he made that decision to save the world and he was gone for five years. So... I totally get it. He made that sacrifice, but it, it's just really sad to kind of see the aftermath of all that and having him regret not being with Christine. And that really, that really got to me. There was a couple scenes that 
uh, he really stood out. And I was just like, this is why um, his story in this is great because it's all about this thematic um, kind of undertone. And I thought I thought his performance uh, was good in his own movie. Um, we'll get to that in just a second. Uh, you know, Rachel McAdams and like Chiwetel Ejiofor, Benedict Wong, um, all, all good stuff. I, I mean, it's not uh, uh, anything you know spectacular. I think Rachel McAdams has a couple you know great scenes, especially when they're when she's interacting with Benedict. But you know, they're they're fine. Let's talk about Sochi Gomez uh, as America Chavez. I like the character. I think she has more potential. I think she, she's got the charisma. She's got the spunk um, as this teenage kid that doesn't really know her powers or how strong she actually is. She can punch through uh, multiverses and she can just portal herself into other worlds and dimensions. And like, it's crazy how powerful she is. Um, and we do get that really cool trippy sequence that you've seen in the trailers uh, with her and uh, Doctor Strange, like going through all these uh, universes. And I'm sure I'm sure New Rockstars is going to dissect that video <laughs> uh, until until their uh, eyeballs are bleeding, uh, figuring out like pausing and like figuring out which world they they went through. But uh, Sochi uh, uh, Gomez, she has potential. I liked her backstory. It's very tragic, and I like the fact that she's kind of this teenager that doesn't really know who she is yet. And Dr. Strange is like, you are super powerful. I think you, if you can hone in on your powers, you're going to uh, be better off for it. Because she uh, didn't know how to control it at first. So uh, I, I liked her. I, I'm excited to see where she goes. But make no mistake about it. This is Elizabeth Olsen's movie. Once again, I understand the complaint of being, uh, you know, the lead in a movie that is titled to be someone else and that title person is the secondary character. I totally get that. <clears throat> but Elizabeth Olsen, I've always loved. Even with her first appearance, <clears throat> and um, at the end of Winter Soldier, when her and her brother had the end credit scene, and we got to see them in their little holding cells, and even with just her working her hands to show us her, her powers, I knew right there, I was like, yeah, this is the right person. <clears throat> and when you see her in Age of Ultron, she's outstanding. But the cool thing with her is she's gotten better each time. WandaVision was the pinnacle of her character. I was like, where else can she go? I was wrong. <laughs> um, she is fantastic in this film. So many great scenes where you feel that pain and that suffering through her voice, in her eyes, through her body movement. It's incredible. Like, she she's re she really has tapped into this character, and it, it, it's amazing to watch her work it. And I love her costume. We finally get to see it. Of course, we got to see it a little bit in WandaVision, but seeing it in full force here... Great stuff. I, I think she really is the the anchor and the heartbeat of this movie, honestly. Even though she's kind of like the the Michael Myers of the story, like cutting through and chasing down everyone. She's the base of this movie, for sure. Um, and the final like few moments with her character uh, and kind of like a more reflective scene, th that was beautiful. I was like, 
because she sold it um, in in the scene with her performance, really moved me. So, I, <laughs> yes, unfortunately, she has I think more impact than Doctor Strange does in his own movie. But it is what it is. Um, another thing I didn't really care for, <clears throat> and this was very apparent in the beginning of it, the CGI and the special effects. I really didn't like the compositing work that they did with the green screen scenes. It just, I don't know, there was something really off about it. Does it play into the campiness of Sam Raimi? Absolutely. There's no denying that. But it's very distracting. Um, I, I noticed it in the very opening scene. I also noticed it in the uh, uh, first fight. It did get better like towards the end, but man, in that that's also like with Sam Raimi's vision and his personality. There was a lot of this stuff that just took a while to like get used to or like get into. So it was a bit of a rocky start, even though it just it starts instantly. Um, but I noticed that, and I just thought it was some really bad compositing work where you can clearly tell they're in front of a, a blue screen or green screen. And yes, I realize that that's the running joke. All Marvel movies have blue blue screen and green screen, but you can make it work. Um, you know, the Batman had a lot of, uh, uh, they had that, it's not a green screen, blue screen, but it's a screen that like can wrap around in 360 and it provides, uh, that same effect. So there, there are methods to make it blend really well and make it seamless to feel like these characters are in a real environment. But at the very beginning in the first fight scene, uh, with the monster that you've seen in the trailer a million times, it was bad. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, that, that was kind of like my, my major complaint about the, the special effects or whatever. The score is fantastic from Danny Elfman. I, I really loved uh, just the the sinister undertones, the heroic undertones. I, I love the, the epicness that was just swept in each scene um, and the emotions were uh, uh, at an all-time high. I just thought he really understood... <clears throat> scenes and characters and um i thought he did a fantastic it was one of my one of my favorite parts about the movie was the the score for sure um and yeah it, it and, and then the movie ends on a a cliffhanger and then uh the end credit scenes happen but i'll discuss that in the spoiler section so overall on my first viewing are there problems with it sure um i like it, it it's not one of my favorites in phase four thus far but I am excited to see it again because I, I want to see it with a bigger audience. I also want to see it through a different perspective now, now that I know everything that's going to happen, whether if the story makes sense or not. So, uh, yeah, I yeah I, I like it. Um, I think uh, Phase 4 is going to be controversial. Eternals is still my favorite thus far. Um, sorry. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, uh, but I, I, I like this one. Uh, but let me know down below what you thought of Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. I would like to know your thoughts. But um, this is your warning. I'm going to dive into spoilers right now. So I'm going to give you a five count. Five, four, three, two, one. And if you're still here, I gave you the warning. So there's that. I'm actually not going to talk about the cameos first. I'm going to talk about the fact that uh, at the end of the film, Wanda has a uh, the temple... Uh, where she has the final battle collapse on herself. I don't know if she's dead or not. Um, not a lot of people are talking about that. They're talking about the cameos and 
all this other stuff. But that was kind of shocking that they just, I, I think they might've just killed her off. Um, do they have the possibility of going into another multiverse and getting another Wanda? Sure, but I think that'd be lazy. I think it would be actually be quite quite satisfying to see her be in so much grief and uh, have all that pain processed within her to where she made questionable decisions and choices to where it turned her uh, bad and she wanted to go into the dark hold and it, it just made her more uh, obsessed and just deadly and her consequences have actions. And I think possibly having her die would be an incredible character arc. So honestly, I hope they keep her dead. Um, Cause that, I was shocked when I saw that. I was like, I was like, oh shit, did she die? So yeah, I, uh, I, I really, uh, I really like the ending of that film. And of course the end stinger, the, the cliffhanger is that Dr. Strange is now, um, he, he brought Sinister Strange with him into our universe. So, yeah, he's got a third eye now. It was basically him screaming up uh, into the sky and then just cut to credits. There are, I'm going to get to the cameos in a second. There are two end credit scenes. The last one is for laughs. Doesn't matter. You can honestly leave after the first one. Do not sit through the, the entire credits unless you want to hear Danny Elfman's amazing score. The first end credit scene. I have no idea what it was. There was a character that popped up. Doctor Strange approaches said character. I forgot what they said. Uh, I think she. Uh, I think she said like you know we have to go do this or whatever. He's like I got you, and then they they cut open. Uh, our world uh, like a little slit or whatever and then they they go through it into another universe um he opens up his third eye he's like yeah i'm ready to go i've one of my one of my things with the the post-credit scenes in the the marvel films which you know is a great tradition of theirs it's supposed to get you excited right shang chi i got excited because i was like cool where are those rings coming from eternals the first one, I was like, okay, this could bleed into, like, Guardians or Thor. Like, yeah, sure, I'm excited. But then the second one was like, okay, this is a Blade scene, but we haven't seen Blade yet. Like, I don't think people are going to know who that is. And, like, that was confusing. And then Spider-Man No Way Home, um, what was it? Was there one? I don't even remember now. Maybe I'm thinking of Morbius and they're terrible ones. Sorry. Um, and then, And then for this one... A uh, character shows up, needs Doctor Strange. They go through um, to another universe. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, the end credit scene made me sneeze. Um, the character in question, I have no idea who she is, but played by Charlize Theron. Cool. Uh, I, I like her. I, I'm curious to see what she would do in this universe. So very confusing. And then the last end credit scene is just Bruce Campbell uh with a joke that happens early on in the film, he stops and he's like, it's over. And then the movie stops. So it's mainly just more for comedic effect. It, it is what it is. Okay. Let's jump into the cameos. First of all, I want, you, I want everyone listening to this review, please go in knowing that this is not a cameo film movie. This is not a movie that's going to like knock your socks off with cameo appearance. We don't need that. That would be terrible fan service. I don't want that. It's got to fit in with the story. 
that's got to make sense. Um, besides the Illuminati, there's really not any more like surprise uh, cameos. There's nothing. It's just like it's very straightforward. The trailer has been very accurate-ish and just telling you like, hey, this is what's going to happen. Um, they go through multiverses. They encounter a bunch of people. And then Doctor Strange ends up, uh, ends up fighting himself and Wanda at the same time. I mean, that's, that's basically it. So for the cameos, the Illuminati scene. Uh, on the Illuminati board is uh, Black Bolt um, from the Inhumans. He's the character that can't say anything or he will kill people. <laughs> um, Captain Carter from What If. We kind of expected that. Um, Charles Xavier uh, in the classic yellow uh, little car. Anyways, Maria, Maria Rambo is Captain Marvel in this universe. And so... Uh, that was cool. And then, of course, the big one, he's there. The fans wanted it. John Krasinski as uh, Reed Richards, Mr. Fantastic. Um, by the way, all these people die in the Illuminati, so we're not attached to any of these versions of these characters. Uh, Wanda comes in and just annihilates all of them, which provides some of the most gruesome scenes in the movie. Once again, surprised I got away with it. How was, how was John as uh, Mr. Fantastic? He was fine. I actually didn't really sink into his performance at all. I, I thought something was a bit off. It didn't really, I don't know, it just didn't really fit with me. Um, maybe if I see him in other projects, if, if his version in our universe pops up, whatever, like, you know, I'll give it a second chance. But initial, off the bat, I just, yeah, <laughs> so... Uh, you know, I'm sure it'll be surprising to some people, but for me, I was just like, I mean, that's cool. I, I expected that people have been talking about it online, but it's, yeah, I mean, it's fine. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's basically it. Um, that's kind of all the big surprises. Like do, do not expect this, um, movie to like change your life and be like, oh my God, I saw so many can't, we don't want, like, that's not a good story. Does the Illuminati scene play well? into the overall story, I would say to some degree, um, it's not the cameos, uh, that I really appreciate. It's more of the, um, you know, Stephen Strange, like just breaking so many like laws out there, uh, to where he had to be, uh, accounted for and everything like that was cool. Like, you know, I understand that. And like Dr. Strange in their universe did a really bad thing. Um, and, uh, and so they, they also propped him up as a hero. So the Illuminati is definitely like, super bad in this, uh, in this film. So, but like, I understand like why it was there in the story. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't think the cameos are enough to be an outcry, be like, Oh my God, this is fan service. It's like, they're in there for like maybe 10, 15 minutes. Like it's not, it's not a big deal. Um, to all the people online that are saying that they're disappointed because they didn't see a lot of cameos, then you didn't want to actually watch the movie. You just wanted to watch big surprises every two seconds and call it a day. That's not, no, <laughs> we're not doing that. Um, I don't mind cameos if they make sense, um, but do not go into a movie. Ex your expectations for this movie are going to be disappointed if you're just going in expecting cameos. That's not going to work. Um, if you, uh, and I've seen a lot of people like, I don't like this movie because it's got Sam Raimi's stamp all over it. Well, that's why he was hired uh, to make it feel like a drag me to hell meets a comic book movie. I thought it worked to uh, a lot of degrees. A lot of people are complaining about that too. It's just like, 
it's just so weird to me to see these takes. Um, and then like people that, you know, I, I also follow are like, Hey, this was just a disappointment. I didn't really care for it. Cool. That's totally fine. Um, it just didn't really click with them. But like some of the reasons that I've seen online have been outrageous. <laughs> like, why are you getting mad that there's not a lot of cameos? Why are you getting mad that this is a Sam Raimi movie? Like, I, I get that. Um, that is more of like a Kevin Feige problem having this interconnected universe and feeling like each movie is like it, it's uh, roughly like kind of the same feeling and looks like Sam Raimi was brought in to mix it up and I thought he did a pretty good job at it. So I, I don't know, maybe that's just me, but yeah, some of the, the takes online are incredible, I guess. <laughs> and that'll do it for my review of Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Thank you for letting me spew on about that movie for 30 plus minutes. Uh, it was an absolute joy to kind of dissect and talk about. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing more in Phase 4 because Kevin Feige, there's no rules with him anymore. He just, he's just a wild man. Someone stop him. Uh, no, keep it going. Um, but yes, uh, that will do it for this episode of the Real Man Colin Movie Podcast. Thank you for joining me and listening. I don't know when the next one will be. Maybe in a couple weeks. Um, I might go see Men. The new Alex uh, Garland movie um, from A24, love Annihilation, and uh, really liked Ex Machina. I, like I said, I think I love Annihilation more, but I'm um, really interested to see his films and kind of dissecting those. So yeah, I think Men might be my next one, so the, a couple more weeks, I guess. Um, but once again, just hang in there. Um, if there's a lot of people that have given up on me, totally understand, because uh, I'm not really consistent anymore. But yeah. Um, I'll get there. And if I don't, then I'll let you guys know. <laughs> but uh, I will always keep you updated. But thank you for listening to this episode of the Roman Cold Movie Podcast. I'm Chase Lee. And uh, I want you guys to have a good day, good night, or whenever you're listening to this. You guys are all awesome. And uh, I hope um, everything's going well for everyone. So until next time, see you later. Mm-hmm.